Blog Talk Radio.
All right, welcome to episode 81 of the Urban Wire, brought to you by the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, where we shine the light on issues impacting the urban community. This is Seneca Harris, and on the line we do have Michael Snyder this evening. Um, Let's bring him on the line. How are you this evening, Michael? Very good, and yourself? I'm doing pretty well. Um, just just wanted to do a quick show tonight and talk about a couple issues. We're probably not going to be on here very long tonight. Um, just trying to get back to the swing of things. We're going to try this new schedule for a while, earlier schedule, see how it goes. We might bump it up an hour. Or we might take it back to 9 o'clock, but we're just going to see how this goes. Um, tonight we're going to talk about of a few things dealing with diversity. Uh, we know that Black History Month coming up next month, and um, there's already some people that uh, are already bringing up some issues that are dealing with Black culture in the Black community. And hell, there's people that are saying that we should do away with Black History Month. And one of those people that's saying that is uh, Fox commentator Stacey Dash, and um, she has pretty much came out with some controversial comments dealing with diversity and quote-unquote inclusion. So we're going to talk about that tonight. Um, And we're going to also talk about the upcoming Oscar nominations or the Oscar awards that's coming up, how there's people that are planning on boycotting um, the Oscars due to the lack of diversity. So we're going to be talking about some serious issues tonight, and I don't know if you had anything that you wanted to talk about, Michael, um, or you found in the news, but... Um, no, not real. Okay, well, we'll just pretty much wing it tonight. Uh, like I said, we probably won't be on here too long tonight. Um, the call-in number is 646-915-8200. If you guys want to call in, um, we're on Facebook. Um, you can look us up on Facebook under the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers so you can follow our show and uh, follow our video blogs that we will be posting and that we have posted in the past. I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, we can join. you can join our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash UCOSW. And um, we're going to start putting stuff on Twitter again pretty soon, so be on the lookout for that. But pretty much, um, that's it. Um, we're going to go to a couple of songs. We're going to uh, come back, and then we're going to jump into our discussion tonight. Um, once again, that call-in number is 646-915-8200, and you are listening to The Urban Wire. Uh, we'll be back in a few. You gon' have to do more than just. You gon' have to do less for you. Tell mama you know I always want you to. You gon' have to do more than just. You gon' have to do less for you. Tell mama you know I. You gon' need to do more than just.
you know I know that you been on it, but I've been on it, on the low. So let a young nigga get down on it. You gon' have to do more than just You gon' have to do less for you Tell mommy you know I Always want you to You gon' have to do more than just You gon' have to do less for you Tell mommy you know I You gon' need to do more than just You gon' have to do more than just You gon' have to do less for you Tell mommy you know I Always want you to You gon' have to do more than just You gon' have to do less for you Tell mommy you know I You gon' need to do more than just Give me all of you in exchange for me 
Just give me all of you in exchange for me, for me. Break it down. Yes, sir. Check. We used to lay up and then stay up, have sex and then blow dang. I shouldn't have played no games with you, just level up my brain. Last time I saw you win speak, that was strange. Guess there's nothing I could do. Man, it's true. X has changed. Yeah. Hey. Guess you changed for the better. Better. I know you know how to make me jealous. I was never loyal, let you tell it, yo. But I'm ready to fix it if you ready, baby. So, so. Yeah. So give me all of you in exchange for me. Just give me all of you in exchange for me. For me. For real, Sean. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Is you at two keys or ten roof? Turn up, we until we just getting loose. Baby, I'm low-key feeling you. Don't be cynical, won't fuck you over. Wanna fuck you over. And again, the truth is I ain't really here to start problems. Girl, I swear to God, them hoes can't never say they got him. Know how bad you want to tell him, don't try him. I don't want to tell him, let's surprise him. I don't want to get into it, why you stressing him? I've been driving back and forth from Louisville to Lexington. Mileage on the whip, got your ass in my grip. College, make you want to strip. Nah, girl, I got a job for you Swear to God, I could do a lot for you Saw you strolling through the campus, I had to stop for you I was scrolling through the gram, girl, I had to follow you Say what's up with you You got my soul But that's straight up. 
It's the love of lust, I can't say though. Why these snakes be on my mind? But I left my dark seat home today though. Honestly, I can't take it. Baby, you're the sole reason you've been winning. Look, let me paint the story. I don't play with toys. She told me build me up a toilet Lego. She wanna be with them papalos. I wanna be with my pockets are grow. She wanna be in the aqua position. Cause I like a woman that think on her own. Don't need no cellmate, don't sell your little phone. That me, don't call me, don't be your love for me. Don't grab me in public, but grab me in private. That patty was crazy, but think I discovered it's not.
school, so she's just trying to get through get through her classes and stuff like that, and just um, doing what she got to do to, to progress her career and whatever else. So we're gonna catch her next week, and a couple other people said they're gonna probably pop through. So we'll just see who comes through tonight. We're gonna have a good time regardless. We do have Michael Snyder on the on the line, and we're just going to uh, talk about a couple things in general. Uh, it's going to be a very kind of informal show. Um, last night, I got a chance to watch. Well, I got a chance to watch a movie. It's been out for like um, about a year now. And um, really powerful movie called Blackbird. And um, if I, if you guys have not seen that movie, it, it's uh, spearheaded by Monique. It's based off of a, a book called Blackbird, um, written by an, um, an author. I, I don't have his name off the top of my head, but she pretty much produced the movie and she kind of wrote the script to, you know, adapt to, you know, a particular scene down south. Even though the scene in the book takes place in California, she kind of rewritten this, rewrote the script for, you know, um, a particular time and place in this country, which it was pretty much a recent, more recent time in the country. But really, even during these days and times, there's still a lot of, um, I don't, I don't even, well, we can say ignorance behind sexual orientation and, and identity. And, uh, Michael, you, I know you are a, good, a big fan of the movie. Uh, can you tell us about the movie and what you liked about the movie? Um a general plot synopsis for those who aren't familiar with it would be a guy in high school named Randy is struggling with his sexual identity and who he is and the conflict that it brings with his faith in God and his religion. And the movie kind of is a coming of age movie that it, I don't know, it's, it's very good. I think it acts it's a very accurate portrayal of, modern-day circumstances and how a lot of that stuff uh, conflicts for young people, especially young people raised in the church, and uh, kind of about his journey to self-discovery. Mm-hmm. And uh, another thing I really liked about the community, it, it gave a, a, a in-your-face, straight-up yeah. straight and honest view at some of the issues that people that are dealing with um, sexual identity and dealing with sexual orientation, some of the things that they deal with, and even it deals with the issue of that men living on the down low. Um, I mean, it, it gave you a positive and a negative look at the community. Um, mm-hmm. and, it, and it really showed that there are, there are more people, even, you know, people with it, amongst people you know that are dealing with these issues and you, you don't even know it. You know, I mean, sometimes we feel like we're alone in, when we're dealing with certain struggles, but in reality, there's people that are struggling just as much, if not worse, than we are. So it, it was a really good movie. I, I suggest everybody sees it, especially if you, you have a teenager that's um, dealing with this, or just, I just think it's a good movie for anybody to watch. I mean, um, I think Monique did a good job. I'm really um, impressed that she brought this this production to life. And it's something that people, even still in 2016, we talk about it, but we don't 
you know, there's not too many people that are bold enough to bring this to, you know what I'm saying, bring bring this to the movie screen. So we need more people that are willing to talk about um, these types of issues. And, you know, and sometimes it makes us uncomfortable, but sometimes we need to be made uncomfortable to get to a point to where we can start addressing these issues and looking at it from a realistic point of view. So right. I, I, I strongly suggest Actually, it. It's, I mean, maybe a lot of people haven't heard of this movie, but it, it's very good actors, very good actors. They portrayed their parts very well. Monique's uh, portrayal of the character as Randy's mother was a very good job. She done a very good job. And... It's yes, I I couldn't say enough good things about the movie myself. Yeah, and I'll definitely say this, like you know, Monika, she's a very strong uh, supporter of the LGBT community. So that's why I said, man, I I really want to give kudos to her for bringing this vision to life. Because uh, not too many people would be bold enough to to bring something like this to life, and she did just a wonderful job, prolific. Uh, prolific actress, um, producer. Um, she just really did a wonderful job. And um, there was, you know, and I like the diversity in the cast. She even dealt with the issue, not only just the, you know, of, uh, you know, the gay community, but just like interracial relationships, interracial gay relationships as well. I'm not going to give the whole plot away, but in this movie, she, she deals with it all. So, yes, um, huh? Yes, she does, and a very, I like her, like you said, very in-your-face, here it is, the raw, uncut version of what it really is like. Yeah, and you, did, you dealt with the church and the ignorance of the church and, you know, about the whole entire pray-the-gay-away thing. I mean, it's very relative to today's times. And then even um, the way that um, these issues are viewed, like in, you know, because most of the time we, we look at movies like that, we're dealing with stuff that's in more liberal, kind of big city, big town. But now she took it to the point to where we're going to deal with this in a small, rural, southern town. Um, so she really did a wonderful job. I think that um, it tackled a lot of issues that we have not seen, um, you know, on the big screen. So I think just in general, I, I really um, – say that that movie um, I wish it would have been more mainstream because I think yeah. more people should know about this movie I mean it was put together very well you know and I think this is one of her independent the films environment, so very you know, you're a small town she done a very good job of portraying that it wouldn't matter which locale it was in right so um, yeah I mean um and then we, and, yeah, I mean, and it, it was, wasn't a movie about the struggles of youth. It was also the struggles of parents as well. Uh, parenting, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of the side of what the parents are facing and dealing with in conjunction with not just the youth. And just like you said, the, you know, you, to go along with that, just the generational divide. Yes. And how they you, how they viewed it, how they dealt with with that issue. Versus how uh, youth of today are dealing with that issue, you know, because if you look at this, this is not an issue that has just came to the surface. Like people have been dealing with sexual orientation since the beginning of time, but 
the way that they dealt with it was totally different. Like, you know, uh, uh, teenagers today, even though they struggle with it, they, they have more freedom to be who they are versus the people in the past. And I think that a lot of this is changing because, you know, people are starting to take a bold stand and they're starting to um, address these issues. And I think that by this movie being put out there, I think that that's, that's a stride in the right direction. And I think anything that gets the dialogue going and um, gets people talking, I think that's that that's a that's a very good thing. So, yeah, check that out. What I really want to do is I want to get in touch with the original author of the book. We'll see, but I definitely would love to interview him uh, because you know we are um, our show. We deal with a lot of issues dealing with the LGBT community as well as the urban community and things of that nature. So just be on the lookout. You never know. I might, you know, this year we're going to really step it up. We're going to, uh, I like to read. I'm really into reading when I can. So we're going to probably be interviewing more authors this year and, you know, just a little here, stuff here and there. You know, I'm not going to give it all away, but um, this year we're going to really take it in another direction and um, just get you guys out there. Just, I just want to kind of expose my audience to, um, you know, a sense of diversity and just new things out there. So uh, just keep it locked on that. Now, what we're going to talk about next is pretty much the the thing tonight is going to be there is a delusion in inclusion in this country. And a lot of people feel that um, we are integrated, but I still think that we're still dealing with a lot of issues of even in 2016 with race and racism in this country and just uh, just diversity. I really think that we're still dealing with a lot of these issues that need to be addressed. And I think that until we address them and, and you know, we put our foot down and be like, you know, we're not going to take certain things these these issues are going to continue to linger in our, our country and in our world. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we live in a very politically and racially charged society today. And I think some of the people out here, they don't realize their role in creating this hostile environment. You know, um, I think a lot of people like to start a pot just for, you know what I'm saying, for all the wrong reasons, you know. Um, me and you were talking about this last night, Michael, how, you know, um, you had a good, um, you had a good, uh, idea about Trump. Like you, you, you were pretty much saying how you feel that he doesn't necessarily believe all in all the controversial stuff he says, but he just likes to get people up in arms. I mean, what do what do you feel about that? Yeah. But, and like we were talking, I had said that, uh, you know, I don't think that Donald Trump actually believes all the crap that he gets on the bandwagon of, because I mm-hmm. would have to think that a brilliant business mind that he has would in some form or fashion have some type of reality check in his life. But yeah. it seems like that yeah. he just jumps on the bandwagon of anything that's gaining steam that makes people stop and go, oh, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. If there's a big bunch of people going, 
Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter what the topic is. He just jumps on the bandwagon. It's like yeah. I can't believe that he really – and maybe he does. I don't know. But it just – it seems to me like it's just more or less for the sake of – It doesn't make sense. Yeah, you think someone will more common Probably an actual heartfelt uh, opinion, I think. But, but you, you know, know what, Michael, I think, I think sometimes, too, I think when people uh, get to a certain point and they um, – or a certain level of success, I think sometimes they do lose touch with, you know, uh, which with everyday people and everyday, you know, things. Like right. I, I think that sometimes you, it is easy for someone to fall out of touch with certain issues. Uh, you know, what I'm saying, especially when you're used to dealing with a um, certain upper echelon of people or or a level of people in society. I do think that it's possible to become out of touch. Um, but I'm with you too. I just don't I just can't believe that someone uh of his stature or someone that you know of of his nature would just I don't know, it just seems just a little bit too much sometimes, you know. But but speaking of Donald Trump he was in support. He came out and said he he agrees with the controversial statement of um, Stacey Dash. And for those of you who don't know who she is, and those of you that have been living under a rock these past uh, this past week, uh, she is the Fox News uh, correspondent. Well, I'm not gonna say correspondent. She's just a commentator. You know, pretty basic, basic minded. Um, uh, individual that gets on Fox News and she she makes you know statements and she she's not very uh, well informed you know she goes off you know the uh, spout she doesn't know anything that's going on and she's very delusional and very um, out of touch and I think that um, she has sold out and what, by what by me saying it I mean that. She has pretty much sold out her integrity and who she is as a person just to get those rinky-dink checks that she gets from Fox News. Now, I'm going to give you a little background on her. Uh, Stacey Dash is, she's biracial. She's mixed with um, black and Mexican. And she got her start, like she, she's an act, actress. And um, before she came to Fox News, she um, she got her start from black television, BET. Like she played in the game. Um, she has also been on the cover of several black publications. Um, very, uh, very, very. Um, I would say she's a very good-looking woman. Um, you know, she's gotten her, uh, you know. Uh, Followers and stuff from a lot of magazines and publications that she has uh, modeled for, and um, that's how a lot of people found out about who she was uh, because she she wasn't going you know she wasn't accepted by her Mexican side. Most Latino people did not claim her, but you know, but as always, we as Black people we always want to claim any any and everybody. Um, no matter how racially ambiguous they are or not, we just we feel like we have to claim everybody 
and put them on the platform and put them out there. And then once they get what they want to from our community, then they want to distance themselves from us. So pretty much the, the, the controversy behind Miss Stacey Dash is just not only that, but just the fact that recently she had uh, she was on Fox News or well she was on Fox and um, she made some very disturbing remarks. Um, surrounding the um, whole issue with Jada Pinkett and Will Smith and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Spike Lee and several other uh, African-American minority uh, uh, artists and like actors and actresses and stuff like that and producers and, and all that stuff. A lot of them are boycotting the Oscar Awards because there is no diversity, diversity in, in their nominations. Their nominations so um, so um, a lot of people lot are of people up in arms about that. We're going to go to a quick, quick, uh, quick clip about the whole situation. Um, I'm going to play you her comments that she made on Fox News, and when we come back, we're going to have um, – a discussion about this and uh, break it down. So um, we'll be back momentarily. What you're about to listen to is Stacey Dash on Fox News um, giving her response to Jada Pinkett Smith on the Oscar diversity. This morning, there's some growing outrage with some over the lack of diversity in this year's list of Oscar nominees. Filmmaker Spike Lee and actress Jada Pinkett Smith say they're not going to go to the Oscars next month after an all-white list of nominees was announced for the major categories for a second year in a row. Join us now to weigh in actress and Fox News contributor Stacey Dash. Stacey, good morning to you. Good morning. Well, what do you think about this? I think it's ludicrous. Why? Because... We have to make up our minds. Either we want to have segregation or integration. And if we don't want segregation, then we need to get rid of channels like BET and the BET Awards and the Image Awards, where you're only awarded if you're black. If it were the other way around, we would be up in arms. It's a double standard. So you say there shouldn't be a BET channel? No, I don't think so, no. Just like there shouldn't be a Black History Month. You know, we're Americans, period. That's it. Are you saying there shouldn't be a Black History Month because there isn't a White History Month? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Al Sharpton has uh, uh, jumped on this boycott bandwagon. He says, don't watch because Hollywood, here's a quote, Hollywood has become like the Rocky Mountains. The higher you get, the whiter. The whiter you get. Well, that's not necessarily true. And if it is, you know, that needs to change. What I find astounding is that we've had a president who is black in office for the past eight years, who gets most of his funding from the liberal elite in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Yet there are not very many roles for people of color. How can that be? And why is it just now being addressed? I, I can understand, Jada, uh, Pinkett Smith's frustration that her husband wasn't nominated yeah. for, you know, he did a great job in the movie uh, Concussion. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, what does that say about how people are selected for these awards? Right. That's assuming they're selected by race, which I, I think would be a very dis- a disservice. 
to the people who are looking at the films and making the choices. Maybe they knew they need to be more, you know, integrated and, and, and there need to be more diverse people in the process of electing. In the academy. In the academy. Uh, the, the demographics of the academy apparently are, are secret, but for the most part, according to some investigation out in Hollywood, yeah. it's uh, predominantly uh, white males. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. So maybe that says something about who they select, or are, are they looking for that, or the best movies and the best actors? I, I hope they're looking for the best movies and the best actors. The good news is that there's attention brought to it now. But like I said, over the past eight years, we've had a president black who gets his funding mainly from Hollywood, the elite liberals. Yeah. So it's odd to me that this has now become such an issue. Well, let's see uh, what happens, uh, because they are calling for people not to watch it. Let's see if the ratings go down. I doubt it. By the way, <laughs> before you go, happy birthday. Oh, thank you. It's your birthday today. <laughs> right, thank thank you. you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good luck to you today <laughs> and every day. All right, we're back. And let me tell you something. Yeah, this, this whore, she, she's a sold-out whore, because this is my thing. How dare you get on Fox News after you've been built up and you've been put out there by BET and, you know, you got your star from BET and how dare you get on a predominantly white, conservative, you know, uh, network and put down the people that built you up. And to me, it's, it's kind of funny that you, you want to put – Throw black uh, black people under the bus and and throw uh, black culture under the bus when you you have not said the same thing about any other minority. It's just kind of it's kind of strange to me that when you know black people are always the target when these issues come up. And to me, you know, um, you you didn't put down your own your other half of your um, ethnicity, like, you, you didn't say anything about, um, like, you know, uh, uh, the Latino or Hispanic population, because they have their own networks as well. You have other networks on TV that cater to certain demographics and certain groups. I mean, what's wrong with people celebrating, you know, certain differences, like in culture? What, what's wrong with people showcasing their own uh, people's uh, art and music and culture, but it seems like you have you feel some type of way about BET when BET was the place where you got your start from, and it's kind of funny now that you you know you've been on all these covers of all these black magazines, and now you want to sit up in here and get on TV now because you've been accepted by white people and you're so racially ambiguous and you can jump back and forth. And you can, you know what I'm saying, you like a shape, shape shifter to me. You can jump back and forth at your convenience, you know what I'm saying. Now that you done got what you got to get out of the black people, now you want to jump over here and coon out for these white people. And to me, like, I think that's very disgusting. That says a lot about your character. Um, to me, I, you, you try to come across like you're so classy and you're so... Um, you're so grand, but honey, you're far from it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just think it's a very sad thing. Like, you know, 
I mean, before you get on air and talk about uh, how BET only caters to the African-American community and they only award um, African-Americans, you know, you know, through their, you know, their different award shows. I said, that's, that's a lie because uh, a lot of times they, they've, uh, nominated and gave an award to a lot of different white artists and, uh, things of that nature. So that, that can't be said on a lot of these other networks. You know what I'm saying? If anything, BET is more diverse than a lot of these other networks. So before you want to get on air and coon out and, and look like an Uncle Ruckus in an Uncle Tom, I'm going to need you to do your research. And at least if you're going to get on there and talk about how they don't support anybody else, I think you need to do your damn research, okay? That's what kills me about these a lot of people. Like, you know, um, especially people that are biracial and mixed, they have a strong hatred towards their culture. And, and to me, like, that's, that's sad that you feel like you have to get notoriety or get respect by selling yourself out. And like I, like I said in a previous show, I said it seems like we're the only group of people that feels like we have to go and put ourselves out there and pretty much demean ourselves just to get acceptance from other people. We're the only people that will demean and put down our culture and get in front of millions of people and denounce who we are just to get the acceptance of a few. And I think that's very, very disgusting, very sad. And I don't know. I mean, how do you feel about it, Michael? Like, you know, you I know you have a pretty, you know, uh, diverse background, but I was just wondering, how do you feel about this whole situation? You know, I think her and Raven Simone would make an outstanding couple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Both seem to be uh, taking a complete leave of absence of their own selves mm-hmm. and of who they are. And yeah. Although it doesn't surprise me that, I mean, it surprises me that she did this. I'm kind of shocked by it, but it doesn't surprise me it was on Fox News. Because Fox, it's a presidential election year. And what's the Republican Party not getting? Minority votes. You know, they're going to find somebody to say something crazy like this so that they can try and put it out. I mean, it, it's underhanded but you know, and cheap, but I guess, I don't know. I don't know why she would think that when that's where she got her own start. So I would tend to be a little Her career starts in the rock again. Does she think she's going to be able to fall back into where she got her start from? No, I but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you But when you're dealing with people that have no sense of integrity and – uh, they're easily sold out by by the dollar. They it doesn't matter to them. Like she doesn't even realize that she's a damn pawn to them. Like because yeah. they that's that's how Fox News does it. That's how they play their game. They get someone. They found an Uncle Tom or Uncle Ruckus, and they find someone that will freely sell out and get on air and speak their sentiments. Speak what they feel, 
you know what I'm saying, what they truly feel, but they feel like they're 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 in the clear because oh, we can get a a, a black person, or if we're talking about Hispanic, we can get a Hispanic person, or we can get someone a self hating uh, Muslim or anybody that hates their the skin that they're in to say what we feel, and it's fine because they're saying. And these people are sitting up here making a fool out of you. They sitting up here laughing at you. Because I guarantee you won't find any of them denouncing who they are or going on a a mainly black or minority um, network and and denouncing their culture. You you won't find it. You won't find that. And it's it's just sad to me that we have so much self-hatred for who we are and what we are that we feel that we need justification from people and we feel that we can get this justification by going out and selling ourselves out and selling our communities out instead of upbuilding our communities. You you rather get on, you know what I'm saying? And, and like, I'm going to tell you something now. Like, you talking about we don't need um, things such like such as black entertainment television and, um, and black history. Month. I said, let me tell you something. If it was not for these, for, for Black History Month or Black Entertainment Television, we would not have the exposure that we have today. You know, a lot of people wouldn't even know about our culture because you look at mainstream society, they're not trying to, they weren't trying to showcase our talent and our community and our art and everything else. And then on top of that, you know, you, you look at Black History Month, a lot of people don't get there, even though it's American history, a lot of people don't know about their own heritage and their culture. And I think that it was something that was needed at a time and it still is needed because, um, you know, especially a lot of younger people that don't have a sense of identity because the school system is not going to teach you these things. You have to be educated. Like, you know, I, I don't I don't see what's wrong with people celebrating their own heritage and their culture. Every other minority group does it. So what's wrong with it? I think that we all should embrace and celebrate each other's differences. So, you know, I just think that's just very, very tragic that she would do that. I said, to me, you're no different than Wendy Williams and Raven Simone. Because Wendy Williams, you know, I still don't respect her either because she got on, on her show talking about, oh, that's so bad what she said, and I just don't agree with it. But then you, you, you end that segment talking about, oh, I still respect her. Um, you know, she's a respectable person. What about, I mean, what about that is respectful? I mean, what's, what about a person that will sell themselves out? But, bitch, you know what? You you would think that that's respectful because that's how you roll. That's how you got your platform. That's how you got to where you are today is by stepping on the backs of other people. So, of course, Wendy Williams would respect somebody like that because she plays the same game that she plays. You see what I'm saying? So, you just have to really uh, take stuff like this with a grain of salt and just learn from this situation and learn that there's a lot of people, and that's an issue we have to deal with. There's a lot of people that really hate themselves, and they have a lot of self-hatred towards their own community and their own kind. And I think that's very disgusting. You know, for you to sell yourself out to an audience that don't give a damn about you, you know what I'm saying, and 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 you you be willing to go there and coon out and sell yourself out, sell your community out just to get a couple Twitter likes and a couple extra 
uh, dollars in your account. And I don't think that she realized that she was going to get the backlash that she did. But, yeah, people are roasting her and dragging her up and down social media. And it's not just not white people. I mean, black people that are doing it. I mean, these people are looking at her like she's a damn fool. Like, seriously. You know, but you can sit up there on them black publications and on, on those uh, the covers of those black publications. Spread your ass open like you spread Miracle Whip on a damn sandwich. Busting it wide open, but 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 you don't want to talk about that. You don't want to talk about that now. I just I just think it's just disgusting. I I just I just think it's sad, and you know, uh, for you to sit there, if if certain people feel like they're not being included, I mean, you have a lot of A list celebrities that are black. Uh, why aren't they being nominated? You know, I was, you're not looking at the bigger picture. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I really think that you, as being a D-list celebrity or actress, not A-list, but D-list, literally, honey, you should at least have some sympathy towards what these people are talking about. So, yeah, this, you know, I, like I said, man, she, she's, she's nothing more, like you said, then a Raven Simone, like, you know, she says stuff for shock value. And, of course, Fox News is not going to get rid of her. And a lot of these networks, they like people like this. They like people that will sell out because they bring in the views. And not like and like I said before, even with Raven Simone, as long as we keep tuning in to that show, the view, and, and listening to her spout off this, this, this foolish rhetoric, we're going to keep empowering them to keep her on air. You know, so that's that's just how I feel about it. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I wanted to actually get into the uh, issue that uh, Will Smith and Jada Pinkett is talking about. I want to actually talk about why they feel that uh, there is a lack of diversity and why they are personally um, boycotting it and not coming this year. Um, this 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 article that I'm about to read is coming from the Huffington Post, and it's entitled "Will Smith Joins Wife Jada Pinkett Smith in the Oscar Boycott." Um, Will Smith will not be attending the Oscars this year. He confirmed Thursday in an interview with Good Morning America. Uh, with Cole anchor Robin Roberts. Quote, we're part of this community, but at this time we're uncomfortable to stand there and say that this is okay, Smith um, said. The 47-year-old actor is one of many to address the Oscars' lack of diversity. Not a single actor of color was nominated for an Academy Award for the second year in a row now, promoting the hashtag Oscars so white. Smith, a two-time Oscar nominee in previous years, was snubbed by the Academy this year for his role in Concussion. Though he insisted it's not the entire reason that he and his wife are taking a stand. Quote, there's probably a part of that in there, but for Jada, had I been nominated and no other people of color were, she would have 
made a video anyway, Smith told Roberts. We still be here having this conversation. This is so deeply not about me. As the actor explained earlier in the interview, diversity is what makes America so great. And when the academy doesn't reflect that diversity, there's a problem. Quote, when I look at look at it, not the nominations reflect the academy. The academy reflects the, the industry, which reflects Hollywood. And then the industry reflects America. It reflects a series of challenges that we are having in this country at this moment, Smith said. There's a regressive slide towards separate, separatism, towards racial and religious disharmony. And that's not the, the Hollywood that I want to, to leave behind. That's not the industry that that's not the America I want to leave behind. On Monday, Jada Smith posted a video on Facebook confirming that she would not be attending or watching the Academy Awards in February. The video entitled, We Must Stand in Our Power, currently has over 11 million views. Quote, it is time that people of color recognize how much power and influence that we have amassed that we no longer need to ask to be invited anywhere, she said in the video. Maybe it's time that we recognize that if we love and respect and acknowledge ourselves in a way which we are asking others to do that. That is the place of our true power. Uh, Spike Lee, George Clooney, Lupita Nyong'o, and David Ayello o- 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 have spoken about the Oscars' frustrating lack of diversity. The Academy has a problem. It's a problem that needs to be solved, Ayello said. At the gala honoring the Academy, President Cheryl Boone Isaacs on Monday night for 20 opportunities to celebrate actors of color, actresses of color to be missed last year is one thing. For that to happen again this year is unforgivable. Isaacs also addressed the Oscars controversy in an official statement on Monday. I'd like to acknowledge the wonderful work of this year's nominee. While we celebrate their extraordinary achievements, I am both heartbroken and frustrated about the lack of inclusion. Isaac said in this statement, quote, this is a, this is a difficult but important conversation, and it's time for big changes. The Academy, the Academy is taking dramatic steps to, hold up, steps to alter the makeup of our membership. So that is what's going on right now, and I feel like in this, you know, current day and time, we should not even be having this conversation. We really shouldn't have, Um, especially you have a myriad of uh, people of color that are in the uh, industry and that are phenomenal actors and actresses and that have played and starred in films with other phenomenal actresses and stuff like that, they are on an A-list level. Why aren't they being selected? What What is, you know what I'm saying, what is the problem? You know, um, do you think that this is an, an important issue or do you think that it's something that we should just wait out and see if this maybe was a fluke or do you think that a lot of these people that have these concerns 
um, you know, they're coming from a legitimate place. I think one year might have been a fluke. But two years in a row, um, yeah, you kind of need to (laughs) – yeah, I don't know. Like I, said, I don't know what the graphics are of the board or the academy that picks these things, but you know, it's it. it you're right. It's a conversation that we should not be having have to have in 2016. You know, yeah. there's a lot of difference out there in the movies this year. You know, there's diversity out there in the movies to, in movies to pick from, and some very good movies. You know, Will Smith for an example. You know. Why, you know, he's one. it's cast a, suspi- a definite air of suspicion. I mean, one year, okay, odd, but two in a row, yeah, you got kind of question it at that point. And you know, and I call it, and what would really help out is if these, if you know, what I'm saying like, you know, no one from what, from as far as I read or I've seen, has came out to address this issue, and that's what's making me give them the side eye because like at least if this is something that is being discussed amongst amongst like several um directors and and um and and you know A-list celebrities and 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 just just in you know amongst a lot of people you would think they would come out and make a statement and, and at least explain their reasoning or their rationale behind you know uh choosing or nominating people that they chose or nominated, then I think that would help out a little bit. But the fact that they they are not willing to come to the table and have this discussion and at least be open to this dialogue and at least giving their side of the story, I think that that makes them look very suspicious. I really do. Um, I want to know who are these people that are are, uh, making these nominations, how are they coming about uh, making these nominations and like, you know, uh, what's the process? That's my biggest thing. And I just think that they do owe the people an explanation. I I really believe that. You know, um, pretty much they are enforcing the belief that people have been saying for years. Like, Hollywood is pretty much a white-owned, white-dominated industry. And if you are a minority of any sort, um, you're not about to get your foot in the door. And if you do, it's going to be very limited roles for you. There's going to be very limited access to you. And pretty much they are um, confirming those beliefs, and, you know, and those statements that people have made throughout the years. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's a very important dialogue um, to have. And it, like I said, getting back to Stacey Dash, for her to just be so dismissive, I find that very disgusting. You know, you, you find this is an issue very serious. I think a lot of people, uh, it's a very heartfelt issue. I think a lot of people are very upset about it. And, you know, especially these people that have labored in this industry for years, they have put out quality content and um, produced and, and, and acted and all kind of stuff, you know, and for them not to get some recognition, I, I really think that that's very sad. You know what I'm saying? I say I know we have a lot of bigger issues in this country to to worry about right now, but you know, all of these issues tie into the same thing. It's, it's all about are we going? Are, when are we going to be accepted in society? When are we going to all be 
uh, able to say that we're equal in this society on all fronts and all levels. So I think that, you know, the conversation has to start somewhere. You know, and I really think that in the past several years, man, just recently, you know, it's it's even kind of, I don't know, it's it's kind of opened my eyes to like, you know, that we, even though we have made strides in this society, this is not a post-racial society, um, and it's not just blacks that are dealing with um, these issues. Like you said, you're dealing with a lot of the Muslim Americans that are dealing with these these issues we're dealing with the LGBT community. We're, we're all still trying to fight to be accepted and to be on the level playing field. And that's all I want. I just want a level playing field. I don't know about you, but you know, I just want to have the same chances and the same opportunities as everyone else. And that's all I'm, that's all we say, you know? And I mean, that's that's just my big thing. I just want to have the same opportunity and the same um, level playing field as any other person here in this country. You know, what I'm saying it's just it's just a shame that a lot of times we as minorities we have to work twice as hard just to even be noticed. You know, what I'm saying like you know you see a lot of things go on in the, even in the workplace. I mean, just all aspects of life. I mean, anybody that says that we live in a totally racially, uh, a post-racial society, they, they're very naive and very foolish. So, I don't know. I just I just really just wanted to talk about that for a little bit tonight. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, like I said, um, they said Chris Rock, he's supposed to um, – the the I guess I don't I guess you could say the MC this year. Uh, he's supposed to be hosting it or whatever you want to call it, and a lot of people are you know questioning it. how is he going to handle the situation. You know, um, you know, is he going to address the issue? You, you know how a lot a lot of them you know you you, you could throw your jab in there and stuff like that. But I wonder if he's going to address that issue, being you know the host of this year's awards. So. We we will see, you know. Um, I don't know. That being, has he made any kind of a public announcement? I haven't heard of him. him I haven't him. heard either. Yes. So that's why I'm saying a lot of people are just um, crossing their fingers, like, man, I hope he 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 represents, you know. So it it will be interesting to see what he says, um, and. Uh, how he, you know, how he deals with this situation because I know he's in a difficult spot right now. A lot of people, you know, there's a lot of people that haven't, some people haven't said that he shouldn't do it this year, but there's a lot of people that are putting the pressure on him like one way or the other. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how he uh, handles this situation. So I don't know, but. Yeah, that's, I don't know, it's just a sad situation. Certainly, I'm in a very difficult spot. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm. And, you know, Chris Rock's a, a phenomenal uh-huh. comedian. I mean, he is really good at his craft. You know, it would be kind of interesting in his, like, opening monologue that everybody, you know, 
opening monologues are like some of the things all these people look forward to in these shows. It'd be kind of interesting to see if he takes any comedic jabs at the subject. And then if he does, would they have him back next year? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I, I really want to – this is an issue that they really need to talk about because you look at uh, blacks and minorities, um, they they are very influential on the uh, – on the entertainment industry, so I, I just think it's it's really sad that uh, I don't know. It's just it's just crazy. Well, I want to probably wrap up the show tonight with this funny story that I read, but uh, it was it was floating around on Facebook, but I guess. Um, it's been confirmed that the story isn't true, but I don't know how this story came about, but it's entitled The Booty Tickling Bandit. Yeah. A fake <laughs> Yeah. A fake news story claimed that a booty tickler was arrested in Texas, but of course nothing about this story is true. Now I'm gonna tell you this now. You know how them people, those, those some gun-toting people down there in Texas. You ain't going to be breaking in too many houses, tickling some booty holes, and think, think he, man, he wouldn't even made it to see the light of day, probably after the first house, after the first house he broke into. So I know this story was false. Um, Pretty much this man, and he looks, he looks kind of suspicious, kind of creepy looking, but uh, yeah, they were saying that this man in Dallas, Texas, uh, was caught, you know what I'm saying, eventually. But, yeah, he was breaking into people's homes, doing, like, some strange things to them. And I'm telling you, man, like, they say everything in Texas is big. So, there must have been some big asses that he was tickling down there. I'm telling you, like, everything in Texas is big, honey. So I know he wasn't, them, them were some big butts he was going after. And I don't think that, you know, that would have went over too well too many times. But, yeah, that's just the, that's just the thing about Facebook, man. You got to really just take curious, what Did you, this article come from the Onion? <laughs> onion. Well, now this, well, I don't know the original article, but this, this article that's, that's Pretty much saying that this is off is not like true is uh is Snopes, but I don't know where the original article came from. Um, let me see if I can find this on here. Uh, you know, kind of an aside to the funny story is I wonder what he would do if somebody uh, actually enjoyed it, took it serious. <laughs> Oh no! I I was saying, you know, I mean, they would have enjoyed it, but you know, what are you you somebody breaking in your house and they doing something strange? You, I don't want any any and everybody doing anything to me. Yeah. I'm like, wow, but you know, that's the thing about Facebook, man. You don't, man, it ain't no telling what you get on that uh on Facebook. Like a lot of those stories, you don't even know half the time they're real. Uh. I think they need to come up with some type of way where people can um, tell if these stories are coming from credible news sources or like credible news sites because it's easy for anybody to get on 
social media and post something up and 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 present it as factual news. You know what I'm saying? So I think a lot of times we got to be careful. Um, let me see. Yeah, we have to be careful in you know what where we get our news and our information from because sometimes this stuff is not accurate and it's not true. And I guess that was my main main reason of bringing that up. But yeah, I just knew that that story couldn't have been real because you're not gonna be breaking into many people's houses down south, and they ain't gonna, honey, no, nah, that ain't happening. Especially looking the way he looks. I wish you could see this damn picture of this dude. This dude looks like he got a damn over-fried, over-processed ass S-curl slash Jerry curl kit on his head. And it looks like it's been greased with a bunch of damn bacon grease. You know that your mama used to keep down there under that cabinet? <laughs> that's, what, that's what his hair looked like. No, he look like a straight up crackhead too, man. Somebody blow that little skinny crackhead away. Mm-hmm. Uh, that look like something that you find. No, nah, I ain't gonna say that. I was about to say I was about to mention the club here in Indianapolis. I said it looks like something that you find at a particular club on a Friday night. But I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna say that. <laughs> It's okay. You and I know it. Exactly what you're referring to. Yeah, we, we know. We and a know. lot of other yeah, listeners do. Yeah, I'll tell you. Okay, I found a story. Well, this is this is what this is the false article, but I'm gonna read it to you. It's it's from the Daily Toast. It says booties everywhere are safe again, thanks to Dallas police. Uh. For months, a man known as the booty tickler had the public clenching their cheeks in fear because of this strange fetish. The quote-unquote booty tickler, whose real name is unknown, would break into people's houses at night and tickle his victims' anuses as they slept. When the victims would wake, the criminal would flee. Ain't that crazy? If, if this wasn't enough, all the booty tickler's victims were male. <laughs> although, although the man was able to avoid the police for a while, they were finally able to identify and capture the man early one morning last week. Ironically, the man was believed to be homeless. However, when he was arrested, it was discovered that he was wearing around $4,500 worth of Yeezy brand clothing. So apparently he had a buttload of money. He is currently being held without buying the Dallas County. Now, to me, that's how you know right now that that story is not fake because they didn't even give the man's name. But it was a funny little story, a little urban legend. You know, we got to have a little urban legends too. Yeah, so we can put that down for the history books. Yeah. yeah. And like you said, Texas, really? That man would have wouldn't have got their two homes down there. <laughs> Yeah, I was if like, he got man. by lucky on the first one. The second one would have smoked his ass. <laughs> okay. Ugh. Yeah, man. I tell you, people are something else, man. But yeah, that's pretty much all I want to talk about. Um, last week we talked about on the Urban Wire. We talked about a lot of stuff. Um, 
talked about the whole entire Bill Cosby situation with him being charged and like me and C was discussing it like I really uh, feel that that you know like you know if like I said Bill Cosby did these things which I, I believe he did and uh, I think he needs to pay but I think these women need to take responsibility on their on their behalf too because why are you going over to this married man's house conducting quote-unquote business and you're sitting up here drinking wine in his bedroom like you, you didn't think something was gonna go down like i i mean i'm not justifying what he did but at some some point these are grown but women and a lot of these women didn't have savory reputations either so that was my biggest thing i think you know i think as women I think they need to start uh, having a little bit more respect and common sense about themselves and not be putting themselves in situations like this because I think that they they need to take some of that blame too. And and you know, and some of the statements that these these that uh, that the woman that the recent woman that came forward, she you know, uh, in her deposition she knew about the quaaludes and stuff like that. And she 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 knew what was going on, you know what I'm saying? But I just think it was one of those things she just wanted to jump on the bandwagon. And I think that she needs to take responsibility because why are you at this married man's house drinking and having wine with him in his bedroom? Like and you claim that you over there conducting business. I mean what kind of business you 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 conduct? You know, I just, I just, I don't know, man. I, I just, I, I just think it's a lot of stuff going on. And then, like, I, we were just talking about the whole hypocrisy of uh, the situation and just uh, how there's, like, you got people like Charlie Sheen that have knowingly uh, could have potentially passed the HIV virus to people because he was still fooling around with people and not telling telling them his status, even after he knew he was HIV positive. But nobody's dragging him through the media. You know what I'm saying? He's went on these crazy tirades and these rants, but it seems like nobody's holding him accountable and these other people, but it just seems like, why is Bill Cosby being drugged through the mud and everybody else is? So we just just talking about that. And, uh, yeah, we talked about that pastor that, uh, I guess they said that they weren't going to charge him. Well, he's from Detroit. They were, uh, he had shot this man because uh, the pastor was having an affair with his wife, and he came to the church and confronted him, and the pastor shot him dead in church. So I feel like at some point, I think this pastor, he needs to take responsibility of what he did because your actions caused all this to happen, and then the thing I was saying is too, is like there's no mention of of the of the woman. Like nobody's put her name out there. And I think that she is just as responsible for this as anybody else because she would have kept her damn legs closed. She this, none of this would have ever happened. You know, I'm so sick of these women. I'm so sick of these women I always trying to play the victim role. What happened? Did that did that shooting occur in the church? Yes. 
Does anyone besides me find it disturbing that the, the pastor's carrying a gun in the church? I mean, I guess that's a reality nowadays. Mm-hmm. I guess that, you know, some churches today actually have armed security carrying like they're off. Well, my thing is when you live in your life like that, and you doing shady stuff like that, I guess you do need to carry a gun on. Yeah. You I, out here banging people's wives and doing doing any and everything under the sun. Of course, if you ain't living right, you got to worry about that stuff. Because why would you yeah. feel that you need to be armed in church and then you just readily have a gun to shoot somebody in their damn head doing 11 o'clock service? Oh, Lord. Honey, the blood of Jesus wasn't the only blood that was flowing from the, Let me stop. Let me stop. I ain't going to say that. Well, one word. Detroit. Yeah, you're right. Man, I wish you could have seen a picture of this church, too, man. I, I was reading that article. That church looked ghetto as hell. It looked like one of them churches that will be in the middle of, like, be like be one of those storefront churches next to a chicken, chicken and waffle shack. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And then next to one of them laundry mats slash liquor store, and it looks like it was <laughs> right in the middle of it. And then it looked like somebody spray painted that front of that church like he got um, Don Juan and, and, and Cheeto and them to spray paint a mural in front of the church. That that church looked <laughs> ghetto as hell. I said, because if any, that church looked as ghetto as it did on the outside, you already knew what was happening on the inside. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> oh my goodness, man! I guess to show you, anybody can open up a church, man, just as quick as anybody can open their legs. Mm. And that's the truth, there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I tell you, man, there's so much crazy yeah. stuff going on. Hey, speak, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and what's phase, you know, me being a legally ordained minister, I've had people ask me before, "You going to open a church?" I'm like, "Oh hell no." Uh uh-uh. no. uh. Uh-uh. No, thank you. <laughs> now, why, why wouldn't you open? To... Wait a minute. Why wouldn't you open a church? I would not want to start one myself, just because the very nature of it. A lot of the, and it's an it's one of those things. It's a necessary evil. If you're going to start one, you have to have a board, so to speak, oh, yeah. and. For to get your nonprofit fund your tax exempt status from the government, you have to have uh-huh. board. And I think at certain points, you know, those boards start to get very political and ideological. Ooh. And I, you can start to see where some of the churches that my started. I, for example, one of the churches that I was raised in had uh, been a spring church. I, Spring off or a spinoff, I guess, of one of the other churches in my hometown. You know, there had been this church. It had been the go-to place for a lot of uh, Christians and Baptists in the community. And then all of a sudden, due to some corruption, yeah. the spinoff yeah. uh, had grown, popped up. And for years, that church was the go-to, and the other one kind of waned over the years. And then now I hear that other church is picking back up, and the church that I was predominantly raised in is now waning because it fell victim to the same type of politicalness, for lack of a better term. You know, I just – I would not want to be mixed up with that. 
I well, think I've that seen, I've seen that happen here in Indianapolis too. That was like oh, yeah. a big church, a church here, and I'm not gonna mention the church's name, but a big, uh, one of the largest Baptist churches in this city. And how when their pastor died, um, and a new pastor stepped in, he he built the church up, but then there was some corruption that happened, so he decided to break off from the church. Um, you know, he didn't got a couple people pregnant in the church and and just caused a lot of just drift between the members in the church. He decided to split off one Sunday and he took all the members from that church and just drained that church and that church ain't been the same ever since. Uh-huh. And this church was uh, a huge pillar in the community. Like, they they did a lot for the community. Like, Especially with the Moldell Standards thing, and and just um, they had a lot of uh, they had they even had a building where they uh, housed homeless people and fed people. Just done so much. They had like uh, ministries for people that were dealing with AIDS and uh, women that were you know what I'm saying uh, homeless and that were like you know what I'm saying they did a lot of stuff in the community. And this pastor came in. And just divided that church, and it has not been the same to this day ever since. And I just think it's just sad. But you know, like you said, it goes back what you to what you said, man. These churches are just strictly political. In in a lot of cases, you know, it is. In very many yeah. cases, it can be. Now, it's not saying there's not some good ones out there. There yeah. absolutely are. But this is a moneymaker. good churches out there. But, you know, me personally, that's why I would prefer to be a ordained minister that is kind of out on my own. I feel like I yeah. can do more good doing things on my own my way than yeah. have to get involved and play politics, so to speak. Then, you, then even when you're sitting up on somebody else's ministry, you're not going to have the free run to do what you what you desire to do. You know, you you probably you have to adhere to their guidelines and their way of uh, of doing things and their beliefs and stuff like that. So you really don't have that autonomy that you would have if versus you know versus if you were uh, like you said independent and were on your own. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And uh, and too, and I would uh, I you know like you and I was talking a little bit yesterday about some of the stuff that I do. You know, is you know, I like, I feel like that the the diversity of religion out there should also be celebrated, and yeah. you know, realize you know we're all trying to get to one place, and there's more than one right way to get there. You know, it doesn't have to be just one way or just one faith. You know, you look at the cross section of Christian faiths out there. There's a bunch of them. You know, there's a bunch of different religions out there just within the Christian faith you know and there's a lot of good stuff out there that you know can be drawn from all of them and then there's a lot of things that may be not so good about a lot of them as well but that's where I prefer to be on my own yeah so do you think that do you think what you do or what you offer people is is unique, they're not going to find it too many other places, or do you think that there are other uh, um, ordained ministers out there that are that are offering what you're offering, but they're just not really 
out there and they don't have that, I don't want to say financial backing or that push push that they would have from a, like if they had their names behind a bigger ministry. I mean, what do you feel about that? I think I'm not the, like you said, I'm not the only one. I know that I'm not. You know, I can tell you by reading different forums and different things out there that I'm not the only one that does this. And there's some out there that are more active than I am. You know, I, you know, like a lot of people, I have a full-time job that's obviously not in ministry. Um, yeah. And some people have more time to dedicate to it than I do, and there's a lot of them out there that are doing that. But I think, too, the church, the face of the church is changing. You know, yeah. it's been changing for a while. And, you know, nowadays the big churches, you know, if you find a church that's been standing for over 50 years, and I can point to one in my town that's, probably 80-some years old, it's mm-hmm. a big place. It's a really big building, beautiful church. You know, the f- wooden doors on the front of it are marvelous. They're beautiful, but they can't hardly afford to heat the place. You know, there's Ooh. a reason numbers are going down. You know, they don't yeah. have people in attendance like they used to, and there's a reason for that. Why did people lose sight of it, you know? There's reasons for that, and I can sympathize with a lot of those reasons. I can. You know, that's why I, you know, say that I'm an independent minister. But, you know, that face is changing, and I, I'd i like to think that I'm able to do a little bit of good for what I can. And, you know, there's more like me. I know there are. I could probably even come up with a few names of some others. I know one, one or two for sure. But, yeah. Wonder if a lot of that isn't going to be the more more of an individual celebration than kind of what we're used to seeing in the past. Yeah, and I and I think everybody should have the right to to belong to where they feel well. They should be able to go to what or feel like they have a place of, of worship where they belong, and it fits their needs. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I think so many times people are trying to. It's not a one size fits fits all. Any place right. of worship you go, you have to make sure that that is where you feel comfortable at. You know, don't try to make yourself fit into a place where you don't feel right. You know what I'm saying? Because every place, everything isn't for everybody. So, um, and I think a lot of times, you know, I think people. It's good to be amongst other people and have you know. A shepherd to to be your spiritual guide, you know, guidance. But I feel that a lot of people need to find their own spiritual path, and they need to That's have right. their own spiritual spirituality with God, and stop dependence totally on a man or another human a human that, that's not walking in your path, that's not going down your path to tell you where you need to go or what I, you yeah, need and to the, do. I think a minister should provide support and and guidance but by guidance that doesn't mean spoon feed you right and that's what a lot of these people want today that's 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 exactly what people want you cannot you know at the end of the day no one can spoon feed you or you have to take the journey on your own you have to put in the work and put in the time if you really want to you know Become a better person spiritually. That's not. That's no one else's responsibility, you know. And that's. I've always felt like that. 
Absolutely. And I don't, and I don't that's feel a, like I, I need a church to, to I don't need a I don't need a church to you know what I mean, to do that. I mean and, that's just yeah, how I feel. And I wonder if a lot of that isn't maybe because people get caught up in such of the day to day rush and hubbub with life that they don't really to really be able to embody and be comfortable in a religion, you have to process it, and you have to really think about what it means to you and how yeah. you identify or don't identify with different tenants out there of it. And I wonder if maybe a lot of it is also a contributing factor being that people don't self-reflect on a whole lot anymore. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, you got to put in the work. You got to put in the time, you know. Um, You're not just going to get it going to um, a service for an hour, an hour and a half, two hours a week. You're not going to get it that way. Right. Um, You know what I'm saying? You're not going to get it from a preacher that's going to speak to you for 30 minutes and send you out the door. And and, and in the process of sending you out the door, raping you of your your hard-earned money. You're not going to get it that way. I mean, I'm and, sorry, I hate to put it that way, but that's just how I feel. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. And, you know, you see a lot of, yeah, you know, one of the things I've always found kind of humorous is that if you want to find some of the most religiously educated people out there, talk to an atheist. Talk to a who? Atheist. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Explain. Some of, for someone to proclaim that they are an atheist, they're usually very well educated in religion, you know, or the Bible. You know, we'll just look at the Christian faith and use it as the main focus here. You know, and most atheists are not ignorant of the Bible and its teachings. They're not. They may even say that. A lot of the atheists may say, oh, well, that's a really nice uh, thing, and yeah, I think that's a really good idea and a very good message, but their belief – they, I guess if an atheist has taken time to process the information. They've taken yeah. time to study yeah. it and process it and come to their own conclusion, and then when they come to that conclusion, it's a conclusion they put a lot of thought into. So yeah. you, know, you can even say, you know, I can respect – you know." I can at least respect that. If you have processed it and you've thought it and you've reflected upon it, you know, and that's the conclusion that you choose to come to, then that's what you choose to come to. You know, it's a free world, you know, free country. You can do that. Freedom religion is number one. Or but when you like, look at a lot of uh, atheists, too, they have to, they have to, because, uh, you know, a lot of times everybody loves debating atheists. So a lot of them do, like you said, they do have a lot of time. I mean, they do take a lot of time to process their beliefs and, and uh, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, to defend they're always having to defend themselves against people, you know what I'm saying right. I mean, me personally, I don't agree with it, but I mean, like you said I mean, you said it's a free world and I, and I gotta respect someone that wants to stand behind what they believe in and pretty much, you know what I'm saying think it through and, you know um, study right Right. I mean, they're 
then, but that's an interesting statistic I've always noticed that any time I have actually sat down and talked with an atheist about their beliefs and their principles and how they come to the uh, conclusion that they did, and, I, and I'm not judging them. I'm not. It's not my place to judge them at all. But I, and I have had several discussions with probably oh, four or five over the last few years, and I, th- I find it still somewhat fascinating that they are very religiously educated. They're they're not stupid. Yeah. They're not yeah. ignorant of at all. But in some cases, they're much not. more educated in religious teaching than some of the people that's in church every damn Sunday. Yeah, yeah. That's sad. That's too. sad. Too. Yeah. So, just some of those. Odd things that you come across and find oddities, I guess. Because you know, a lot of Christians, they, they don't, man, they don't study anything. Man, they just being spoon fed, they regurgitating what somebody told them. Mm-hmm. And that's all yep. they do. Absolutely. If you're gonna believe in it enough, like, you know, yep. a good scholar is going to be educated on all fronts, not just your own religion. You're gonna study other religions too. Mm-hmm. You know, and going to church isn't to like going to college. You have to pay for the education of college. You need to be educated in other religions. Yeah. Yeah. And what I was saying, too, is, you know, going to church isn't like going to college. You know, you call, go to college and you have to pay for that education. You know, going to yeah. church technically don't have to pay for it. You know, people choose to give money or give tithes and offerings, and that's great if they so choose to do so. That's wonderful. But you're a, what you're able to contribute should not exclude you from feeling a sense of belonging in that church. And yeah. I think a lot of yeah. you do see that coming through a lot today. And I think but, that's, and again, a lot. Like, that's a lot. Uh, a term you and I've discussed a lot of the sheeple. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. People are just sitting there every morning getting spooed fin, handing their money over to it. It's like if you're going to hand your money over to it, take something away from it. Yeah, you're you know, right. Take That's something right. for you. Learn. But, but well, I'm I'm off my soapbox now. <laughs> well, I, I just I just find it so fascinating how. So many of these people just go and just blindly give these give this money over to these people, and these and these preachers live like I don't need, man, and these people going home and barely having enough food in the refrigerator to feed their kids, or have enough money to heat their house up during the mm-hmm. winter. And they just blindly give this money to these people. They tell them to do anything, tell them to do a cartwheel in the church. While you're coming up here, put your money in the basket. I want you to do a cartwheel up here and cartwheel back to your seat. Honey, they'll do it. Yeah. And that's a dangerous place to be because a lot of people don't question uh, these pastors. Like, they don't go behind them and do their own research. And I just know I'm a. You know, you can't take anybody's word for anything. You have to go back and do your own research and come up with your own conclusion. 
and you know, because these people can get up in front of you and tell you anything. Mm-hmm. Or even even scarier yet, just blindly have hand your children over to these people. Oof. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, but no. <laughs> you know, I hate to say this. I always use this example on the show. Look at Bishop Eddie Long. Yeah. Well, you know, what was that line in one of the Tyler Perry movies that Medea said, I know you know the Lord, but I don't know you, so you're leaving that door open. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I'm not going to, I mean, I'm not going to say that for the Protestant church, that stuff be going on in the door of Catholic church and everywhere else. Right. It's not sectioned off to just one faith. I said, you know, a lot of these people, they know how to take advantage. They know people, they know people are are thirsty for some type of religious enlightenment, and they will take advantage of that. That's how predators get in because they know they deal with people that's insecure, people that are looking for some direction in life. They're looking for some sense of purpose. They're looking just to find themselves and who they are, and that's a perfect place to go to uh, bait insecure people. Religious yeah. institute. Yeah. 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 And you know, and, and like I said, you know, I don't I know a lot of times I take a standpoint maybe on things that people go, Wow, do you really think about about things? I'm like, Well, no, I'm not saying that there's not good good churches with good people in them and you know, that's really out there right. trying to make it of course there are. But in this world you still just don't hand your kids over to anybody, minister or not. <laughs> no. I know I'm not. I'm sorry. And I said, you're not about to tell me I'm, I have to or I'm about to, too. I don't care who you are. Right. Right. I said, honey, you ain't even, honey. Jesus himself ain't even doing that. <laughs> yeah. You think I'm about to keep, honey, I'm Mm-hmm. I said, what you choose to do as an adult, that's on you. But, honey, when it comes to kids, like, we have to look out for them because if you want to be a fool and blindly follow somebody or, or give your money and your time or your, even your behind up to them, that's your business. But when you're dealing with kids, you know, you you got to protect them because they're vulnerable. They don't have, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, I think that's another big thing, too. Man, and I've just been seeing more and more of these crazy stories lately about these pastors telling these people to do all this crazy stuff. I've seen this story in the news about this man, this pastor. I don't have it pulled up right now, but somebody sent it on my Facebook timeline. I hope it's one of them stories that's not true. Um. But, yeah, he said, told the women in the church. And why come it's always the men telling the women to do stuff? You ain't telling the men to do nothing. But you want to tell these women to do some crazy stuff. He well, done told if you look sufficiently long, it does work the other way. <laughs> well, that's true. Well, it's always the gender that they like. They want to yeah. He told these women, he told the women, it's a sin to wear bras and panties to church. So he said, I'm, I'm expecting everybody to come in this church house without your um, bra and your panties on. And, and he said, I want your titties swinging from left to right. 
when you jumping up and down praising Jesus. I want I want to see them things jiggle. I want to see that booty. I want to see that booty bounce when you shout, honey. I, and I don't want I don't want I want you to I want you to show your natural black ass in the church. That's what he told them. I really really hope that that article is not true. <laughs> yeah. I hope so too. Mm. That's just like that man, just like that article. And you know, I read, though, that one article was true about I think that one article was true about that man that was telling them women to give him oral sex in church. I I've, I've confirmed that on several websites. That's the true story that happened a couple years ago. Mhm. I just yeah. ran across recently. Mhm. A lot of those and I see you know Christianity has had a long history of not not being equal. <laughs> you know, you for example, you know, with gender, you know, most Christian faiths I'll say most, it's getting a lot better than it used to. But historically, most Christian faiths don't allow women to have any uh, leadership role or any power. Yeah. Or no position of power. And, you know, they'll want to draw that out of the Bible. Well, if you look at the Bible, there's some interesting things that uh, Jesus done that included women into something, which maybe on the surface of reading it today, we'd look at it and be like, well, why is that such a big statement? Why is that such a big deal? They didn't consider for the time that what he did there was landmark, was completely awe-inspiring and shocking for the time because it went against the customs. You know, people don't consider that. Right. They still want to look at a lot of those things like, well, you know, a woman isn't to be given leadership over this or that. Why not? So, yeah. Yeah, that's one thing. In case you can't tell, I'm a very, uh, I'm a minister that is totally in favor of ordaining women. <laughs> so I was going to ask you some kind of honest kind of veering off to the subject, well, kind of still talking about um, about the Bible and how um, there, do you believe that there were certain books or certain texts that were removed from the Bible? Um, I'm sure there were. I'm very sure there were. I was looking at a couple of, I was reading or watching some videos about the book of Enoch. And I don't know if you're very – I mean, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with it, but what do you know I'll about it a little bit. It, it, it almost seems like it's a book of Revelation a little bit. Like, it, it reminds you – it puts you in mind of Revelation. I mean, it's very – yeah. Yeah, you're getting in some of the old Mosaic law in there and a lot of that type of thing. Uh, but yeah, it, it gets uh, – Enoch's a very interesting thing so from a, uh, even a metaphysical perspective. Yeah. And I'll apologize if I drop off the air. My phone is beeping at me. <laughs> oh, okay. But, yeah, I I I have read several sections out of that and studied it. And like I said, even from a metaphysical standpoint, there's a lot of really interesting stuff there. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've heard a couple other names of books like Maccabees or some some other. I've noticed like in other like uh, like in Catholicism, like there's books that we that they have that we don't have in our in the King James yeah, version. Yeah. Yeah. Apocrypha. Yeah. So it just makes yeah, me I'm, wonder, like, how much of the I mean of uh, stuff that we're getting is watered down. Well, there how was much, a. Uh, Committee, so to speak, to put the books together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Read about the Second Council of Nicaea. Mm. That's that's a that's an interesting topic that we can you know I would like to explore eventually in one show. I would like to know what do, they didn't do a put documentary in. on, huh? I'd like to know what they didn't put in. Yeah. What they left yeah. out. Yeah. Well, Michael, we yeah, it's about ten minutes to nine. We can uh, call it a day because I know you your phone is about to go dead, and man, I had a long day at work today. I was I'm real sure tired. Right so, but yeah, I just want right. to thank you for coming in, and we will be thank back uh, next. So, all right, thanks. Good night. Good night.